Okay, so Pastor Dan asked me to preach about like two months ago, and I'm like, <coughs> I've never preached before. Never thought of myself as a preacher. I'm a teacher mostly, so I have my stuff. So just a sec. These are, not that you can see them, oh yeah, and Stephanie has one too. Um, these are books that I ref referenced a lot in studying and getting ready for prayer um, because m I'm going to talk about the last item of the armor of God, but I'm going to pray first because <laughs> I've never done this before. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> God, we thank you for bringing us all here today. We ask that you would flow through my words and, and honor my preparation and let the hearts of the people be open to be receiving a little bit about more about what prayer is and how we're to use it and why it's part of the armor of God. We ask you to bless our gathering today. In your name we pray. So everybody knows the parts of the armor of God. We've been studying it for the last, like, what? Months? <laughs> Two months at least? So there's the, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the helmet of salvation, the shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the, the sword of the spirit that cuts sharper than any two-edged sword. But there's one that's not actually named in the Bible. It's in Ephesians 6, verse 18. And it's going to make everything fall. <laughs> it's just my bookmarks, that's all. Um, so in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, and with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. So in Rick Renner's book, Dressed to Kill, he in depth goes through all the armor of God. Every single piece has a chapter. Every single purse has chapter. Every single piece has pictures. The only one that's not mentioned in that is the spear of faith, or the spear of prayer. And if you see, if you've watched any kind of old army, Roman, Julius Caesar, anything, they always have, not only do they have their spears and their shields, swords, swords and shields, they also have spears. What are spears for? Why is it not mentioned here? I don't know. It's one of those funny things. Oh, it's, it's got to be mentioned somewhere. So he says that the spear, when he was writing Ephesians, he was probably in prison. He was probably being under guard with Romans sitting right outside the door or in the uh, house somewhere. And they always had their helmets. They always had their armor. They always had their, s their weapons. And they were always doing stuff with them. He also goes in, Rick Renner also goes into more in-depth with the spears. They, there were all kinds of spears, all kinds. Some of them were really short, like only three feet long. Three feet's still a big spear. Mm, three feet. It's got sharp edge, so you kind of poke and stab, kind of like a, kind of like a sword, but it's got only a short end. Then he said there were some that were six feet long. Some of them had metal encasing the wood, and they had sharp shafts that were barbed, and he said there was even one that was like 25 feet long. I'm like, how do you even throw a 25-foot-long spear? How do you throw one? I'm like, oh, is that when the catapults came into being? I'm like, okay, well, well, why are we using spears? Why not bows and arrows? Well, at that time, when the Romans were, they, they were wimpy weapons. They didn't have the technology that they used later on. So then the bows and arrows came out. Then they are longer range than spears. And then the catapults and then those other things. But the spears that the, the Roman soldiers would use, they would hide behind their shield and then have all the spears sticking out. And so anything that run up on them would get speared. 
but they would also throw them like javelins and they could throw something far off. So in these respects, Paul is saying, we don't have to wait for the enemy to come up close. We can sh shoot at them from far away if we see them. Most of the time, they started throwing the spears so that they couldn't have wouldn't have to get so close. And then when those stopped being effective, they would pull out the shorter spears and then they would get the swords. So, um, <laughs> also in the New Testament and the Old Testament, there's like at least six different Hebrew words for prayer. And I'm not going to try to say all these words because I don't remember what they are. But the basic gist of them is to define what prayer is. And there's all kinds of different prayer, just like there's all kinds of different spears. But the basic thing for prayer is what do we use it for? What kinds of things can we pray for? What kind of, what do we do? And I was going to start doing the, uh, I was look thinking of all of this stuff over the last couple of months. I was like, all right, so we have all these kinds of prayer. How am I going to teach this? And I was thinking, oh, I can do the W's and H, the who, what, where, when, why, and how. So who do we pray to? Well, we pray to God, obviously. Who do we pray for? Well, we pray for ourselves, and we pray for others. Non-saved and saved. But in Ephesians 18, Paul is telling us to pray for our, s our friends, in the th our brothers and sisters in the faith, because they go through struggles, and we go through struggles. So we need to keep that in mind also. Um, where's, my, where's my W page? ourselves and others Whoop. Um, and I have a whole long thing of what prayer is there's a simple definition it's just talking to God simply talking to God but then there's a whole bunch of other stuff in the what there's six different kinds listed in Rick Renner's book then there's at least three other Hebrew words when I did a Google search Hebrew words for prayer there was at least nine probably more I was like oh that's a lot um, what can we pray? We can pray for all kinds of things. We can pray scripture. We can pray song. Half the Christian songs that we just sang today are straight out of scripture. Mostly Psalms, but there's also Ezekiel. There's also all of the, the New Testament. There's half of it's scripture. Um, when do we pray? Paul says to pray without ceasing. I can't pray out loud all the time because that's just weird. <laughs> I got to have conversations with other people too. When, when I'm buying something, I can't just pray, oh, I pray you give me this mon this this grocery list for whatever money it is. Oh, here I pray that that's kind of silly. But there's other ways to pray that you can pray without ceasing. And actually, Rose, thank you for your testimony because that was part of what I was going to say earlier. One of the historical reminders to pray in other religions and in the Christian faith, the, the Hebrew um, Jewish people used to pray in the morning and at noon, and at night. Those three, the hours set aside for prayer. In Islam, they pray five times a day. Whenever the Muslim calls, they have to kneel and pray because that's what they do for their religion. When Christianity was new, they used to have, n they didn't used to have timepieces back in the 10th century, the 9th century, the 8th century. What time was it? Well, you watch the sun. So then when they started building cathedrals, they put bells in the towers to toll the hour. So what tradition was, was when they would toll the hour, it was a reminder, oh, this is what time it is, but it's also to let people know 
oh, you want to refocus your thoughts on God. And so the, the practice was to say a prayer for the amount of time it took the bells to toll. I was like, that's so cool. So in the daytime, it would toll 7 o'clock. You would pray for as long as it took the bells to ring 7 o'clock. When it hit noon, you would pray a little bit longer because it takes longer to toll 12 bells at 1 o'clock. So, so you would take the time to focus your thoughts. And now my mom found an author, a Christian fiction author that she really, really loved, and he wrote a whole book, a fiction book, ab around this practice. It was also a little bit of a mystery. They were trying to find treasure. But they would actually have books with prayers to pray at those specific hours, and it was actually called the Book of Hours, Prayers for Hours. So it, I was like, oh, that's so neat. So that was one of the, th I was like, Rose, it's all for me. It's all for me. <laughs> um, lots of prayers. You can pray all kinds of Bible scripture. This book here is the Book of Prayers. This is from Wesley and Stacy Campbell. They used to come and preach at Eagles Wing conferences all the time. Basically, what they did was they took scriptures, they divided up into different topics, like wisdom, the prayers that Jesus prayed, the apostolic prayers, prayers of revelation, prayers of wisdom, prayers of just thanksgiving. And they just typed it all in different fonts, and they said, here, pray these. If you don't know what to pray, pray scripture. And they have other scripture books. They have all kinds of other things. Um, so some of the scriptures in your sp spiritual formation sheet, I actually got the scriptures from here. There's the Shema, which is the, the Hebrew prayer that everyone is taught. Every Hebrew is taught the Shema. Hero Israel, our Lord our God is one God. They're taught from the time they can first say the first word. They're taught to say the Shema. It becomes habit. It becomes habit. It becomes rote. But it always takes on new meaning. That's when it, it says we go from holy to holy, to a different holy, <laughs> to a different holy. So habits are not bad. We have habits, lots of habits. I would say suggest that we need to get into a better habit of prayer. Praying the scripture, setting aside the first hour, the first alarm clock. Okay, I'm going to pray, every refocusing every hour. Um, what else can we pray? We can pray the Psalms. Um, the different kinds of prayer that Rick Renner says, where did it go? There's primarily the prayers of consecration, which I don't remember the Hebrew word for it, but it's basically getting to know God face-to-face, -face, sharing secrets. He likes to share secrets with you. You can share your secrets with him, too. He's the best guy to keep secrets, best friend. Share your secrets with him. The consecration. It also Consecration also means other things, too, being setting yourself your side to be holy. That's fine. Um, another one is the prayer of petition. A lot of us do this one. God, I need this. God, I want this. <laughs> God, can you help me? <laughs> um, asking for something or asking for a need. There's the, the prayer of authority or the prayer of faith. That's when you have the boldness to say, no, no, devil, you can't have that. And God has given you the power through prayer to actually say, no, no. This far, no farther. You can't, you can't do this. I declare it broken. It's gone. You are healed in Jesus' name. That's our building in Jesus' name. <laughs> the city is, is holy in Jesus' name. Um, there's the prayers of thanksgiving. That's how the Our Father prayer starts out. Our Father who art in heaven, you're holy. 
Hallowed be your name. You're holy. Thank you for our daily bread. The prayer of thanksgiving. Real easy. Thank you so much for giving us the sunshine. Thank you so much for waking me up. I'm so glad that we were able to come today. Jesus, just be with us today. Um, a prayer of supplication. That's when you just want to be in God's presence. God, I just need to be in your presence. I recognize that I need you so much. <coughs> There's the sixth kind is um, the prayer of intercession, when you just don't know what to pray, and you let the Holy Spirit pray through you, or you let the Holy Spirit intercede for you. So there's two aspects for that. I was just sitting here thinking, oh, yeah, there's also the prayer of desperation. God, I don't know what to do. <laughs> Jesus. Like the song, Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, <laughs> help me. I don't have the words. Just cry out his name. That's the prayer of desperation. Can you think of any other ones? Hands? Anybody? Anybody got any hands? No suggestions? No thoughts? Pr yeah, prayer, prayer of contrition. Kyle? Prayer of salvation. That's a pretty, e those are pretty easy ones. Contrition. You're so sorry for something. Repentance. Salvation. God, come into my life. I need you more. Um, another book that I that I started studying was this Unrelenting Prayers by Bob Sorge. He takes the um, the story that Jesus told about the the unrighteous judge and the widow that just kept pestering him and pestering him and pestering him and pestering until she got what she needed. And in one of the chapters in his book, Bob Sorge says, well, what does prayer do for us? The unrelenting prayer, it gives us power. But what kind of power? It seals our passion for God and maintains it. Be when we're in his presence, it, it seals our passion for God and the desire for God. It empowers holy lifestyles. When you pray, you're in God's presence. You become more like Jesus. You come become more like God. And so it empowers us to be able to live more like him, to be more holy. Um, it sustains and nurtures and nourishes our faith. So when you think you have a little faith, pray. <laughs> You'll get more. It'll keep it longer. Um, it also, um, <laughs> it helps. It helps us harvest the lost. It prepares us for a, har a harvest. Um, it also keeps us spiritually attentive. So when you pray, you have a conversation with God, and when you are listening to God as well as talking to God, He tells you things, such as Rose's name of that person that she was who she was supposed to contact. And when you, when it also, as uh, keeping you more spiritually attentive, you're also more aware of the spiritual atmosphere, what's going on. So it, it also positions us for obedience so that we can actually walk out what he tells us while we're conversating with him. It also preserves us in the breakthrough, which is what we're going to pray later. That's another kind of prayer, breakthrough prayer. Just added that to the list, right? Um an interesting thing I noticed about all of the words that, that Rick Renner used for the different six different kinds of prayer, most of them had the same root word, but there were different prefixes and suffixes. So they were not different. They were just slightly nuanced. And that's, that's kind of, they're not different. They're all, it's all prayer, but it's just a little bit different perspective, different attitude, different thing. Um, so we did who and what. Why do we pray? That also, what does prayer do for us? That's another why. <laughs> um, where do we pray? 
everywhere, anywhere. But where also has a location and a position, there's two different kinds. So that location could be anywhere and everywhere, but what position do we pray? We can pray sitting. We can pray standing. We can pray kneeling. And I would suggest that if you are used to doing prayer in certain positions, if you are physically able, do it a different way. Do, do it in a different position. If you're used to sitting and praying, kneel. If you're used to, to kneeling and praying, some prayers require you to stand up. I know sometimes when I start praying, I'm sitting, and then sometimes you just, you just got to stand up. Um, if you're used to praying with your eyes closed, try praying with your eyes open. Um, we were doing ministry, street ministry, <laughs> in New York City one time when Mike and I were on a missions trip, and they told us, do not pray with your eyes closed. It's not safe. I was like, yeah, but we're praying. He goes, no, they will steal you blind. I was like, okay. So, and they always send us out two by twos. And I remember I was out with one partner and I closed my eyes and he's like, I had your back, but don't do that again. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll try. Um, if you're used to folding your hands, try raising. Just do a physical, a different physical position. One of the other suggestions in one of the, uh, these books here was to pray out loud. If you're used to praying silently and it's not going to disrupt anything else around you, like if you're praying at work, don't pray out loud. They'll think you're weird. Pray out loud. And I was like, okay, well, that's kind of weird. Why do you want to pray out loud? And his answer was, so you know when you stopped. Oh. Mike does a lot of the squirrel thing. When you're praying silently, I know my mind anyways, have a lot of squirrels. And I'm like, wait, when did I stop praying? Oh, pray out loud. You'll know when you stop. That's, that's practical. That's a good thing. If you're, if you're able to. But like I said, if you're at work and you have a prayer time, probably better not to pray super loud because um, sometimes during intercession prayer, it just gets loud because it just wells up and you have the projection to just speak. Um... Location, position, how, out loud, silently. Another aspect of prayer usually goes with fasting. Sometimes when you pray and pray and pray and pray and pray in whatever these various types of prayer are, nothing seems to be happening, which is another good, this, everything's for me today. Everything's for me. This Waymaker song, even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, you're still working. Even when I don't feel like anything's happening, when I pray. It's not just bouncing off the ceiling because I know that God is good and I know that he's always listening to me, to you, to everybody. He's always listening. Even when I don't see it, even when I don't feel it, I know he's still working. I know, I know, I just know. And you can have that confidence too. Just know that he's always working. He's always hearing you. But it may not turn out the way you ask. It may not turn out the way that you, s you think it should. Because he's God and he's sovereign and he knows better. Um, what else? Sometimes requires fasting. I am horrible at fasting. <laughs> horrible. And it's not that I haven't tried. And fasting is hard. And it's supposed to be hard. And in the Bible, it's fasting food. But modern fasting is not necessarily just food. It can be fasting social media. It can be fasting television. It can be fasting games. It can be fasting something that's taking your attention and focus off of God. 
the caveat is that goes along with it, you are supposed to replace the time that you spend doing that activity with being in God's presence and focusing on prayer and listening to what he's telling you or what he wants you to do. And it's denying your flesh, denying your human desires, your human nature to see, okay, God, I know that I am not good in this area and I know that some stuff has to get taken care of. I'm setting aside this period of time and giving up this thing. One of the the people I was talking with gave up shopping for Lent. I was like, okay, that's interesting. It's not quite the right principle, but I kind of get it. She, She was religious Catholic so I guess that's I guess that's how what she felt like she but I don't know what she replaced her shopping with or just she just didn't go shopping for that six week period I was like okay that's interesting she gave up shopping instead of food or whatever it was but I guess she had a shopping problem um let's see we did the who's and the what's and the when's and the where's and the how and the why why do we pray well, firstly, because God commanded us to. Secondly, because God says it's a good thing, f- Paul says it's a good thing for us to do. For all of those reasons that Bob Sorge also agreed with. Um, not necessarily number order, but because it helps us know God better. Because it lets us know, us know, lets me know that I know that I told God that I, what I think I need. He knows better. Sometimes, um, why do we pray? Because our friends need it. Why do, we, why do we pray? Because our nation needs it. Why do we pray? Because our church needs it. Why do we pray? Because we heard of a need somewhere far off, and we can send our spear into that situation. I haven't mentioned a movie once yet. I don't think I'm going <laughs> to. There there's an old cartoon movie called Horton Hears a Who. Jam- Jim Carrey was the elephant. He was Horton. He, was, he heard the, the Who's that were on the flower in a village, and the whole village, nobody else believed him, wherever all of his friends in the jungle. But he was sure that he had to find a safe place for this little flower to so that the people on the Who's, Whoville, it was Who's, right? Nobody could hear them. And so there was, in the movie, they finally got every single person in the settlement on this little tiny speck of flower, the person's a person no matter how small, the last person who never, ever, 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 ever talked, finally threw their voice into the mix, and then the rest of the people heard them. Horton was a huge elephant. He was carrying around this flower for days, trying to find a safe place for this flower to live. And it was the last who in the last place that finally broke through and let everybody else hear. So it could be your voice, your desperate prayer, your okay God, do what you're gonna do that can push the breakthrough through for the region, for the situation, for whatever's going on, for whatever you feel you need to pray for. But the whole reason that we pray is to get to know God better. Did I talk 20 minutes? I don't think I talked 20 minutes. Um, I have a song. There's a song that's been playing on the radio for the last three or four months or whatever. It's from Katie Nicole. And it's called In Jesus' Name. I finally actually just watched her video. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's really heartbreaking. But I'm not going to show you the video, just just play the song. So if you wouldn't mind listening, it's only three and a half minutes. It's called In Jesus' Name.
just says it all. <laughs> um, if you're having trouble with words and you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to work pray through you before, sometimes the words sound like gibberish. That's okay. Because the Holy Spirit speaks English, but he also speaks Hebrew and Swahili and Chinese and angelic. <laughs> and we don't have to translate it. 
because he knows what he's talking about. And he knows better than me what I need. And he knows better than Edith what she needs. And she know he knows better than Mar Marlene what she needs. And God knows better than any of us what we think we need. He knows what we actually need. Whether it's finances or healing or a building or a new job or a child or a husband or a wife or comfort or strength or wisdom or which decision do I make? <laughs> Sometimes it's just okay to not know and say, okay, God, it's all on you. Sometimes that's what I pray to. Okay, God, give me the, the ability to cast all my cares on you and not pick them up again and leave them in your lap because you're big enough. It's okay to yell at him. He's big enough in your prayers. He can, he can handle the yelling. He can actually handle swear words. He can also handle your anger. He can handle all of your emotions. Don't stay there. David did. He poured out his everything, everything that was going on, everything he was feeling. But if you read the Psalms that he wrote, they start out angry or sad or depressed or, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And he says, but even besides all of my feelings, I know that you're God and I know you're in control and you're worth it anyway. And so <laughs> that's, that's my teaching on prayer and spears. <laughs> but I think we're going to go into a, a, a time of prayer now doing something else, but I'm not sure about what this part is supposed to be like. So I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor Dan. Oh, one other thing. A couple weeks ago, we were handing out this Pray for America because the Assemblies of God is doing a 30 days of prayer. We are actually starting the fourth week. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. So they had a topic to pray for every day. And this today is actually pray for women in America. Amid many challenges and in many different situations, many may each woman find restoration, courage, and strength and their true identity in Jesus. Thank you for bringing the word of God today. <laughs>